beginning again. Taking advantage of this opportunity to train the heart, the word the Buddha used for meditation was bhavana. B-H-A-V-A-N-A. It means to cultivate. As in garden, to bring forth. The beautiful qualities inherent in the heart. Ease, peace, patience, discernment, wise reflection, steadiness. Bahawana means to, to bring forth, cultivate. It's a training. Last night I was talking about uh, the training of the heart-mind, samadhi, cultivating gatheredness, as a little by little by little developing more capacity for accessing a pleasing abiding in the here and now, a blameless abiding a sustainable abiding, one that doesn't chew up the resources of the world, doesn't exploit someone else, doesn't fight and vie for this and that. As we cultivate skill with this practice, it's just a gathering of all of our being, our body, our cognitive faculty, the thinking, and the heart of awareness, bringing it all together. That's why I was encouraging that the thoughts, rather than taking us into the future, zooming into the past, though there's places for reflecting on the future and past, in this learning how to plug in and recharge and refresh ourselves and take a true holiday, holy day, a unified gathering. Just as in winter, things naturally gather in preparation for the spring. We feel like we have to always be on the go, manifesting this, manifesting that, we get burned out. So in using a directed thought to bring us here, the thought part of our being, that cognitive faculty, is present. But it's gently, it's moderating rather than getting lost in long, complicated essays. It's a thought like here, now. Breathing in. Breathing out. Bud, 
่าเอาไว้ That's a thought that doesn't have to disturb. It reminds the heart, but it allows the thinking aspect to be present, to be quiet. It brings the attention, breathing in, breathing out, to the body. So the mind, the thinking mind, is directing the attention to the body. All welcomed, embraced. In this training of being with the breathing, which the Buddha himself used on the night of his enlightenment. In this uh, training, we're given also a few encouragements by the Buddha, and we find our own way with them. Talks about being aware of a long breath, being aware of a short breath. He talks about training ourselves to be sensitive to the whole body as we breathe, and training ourselves to calm the body as we breathe in and out. Ajahn Chah. Understood and encouraged us to see this long breath as a, as just a way, especially if we're lost or agitated or constricted, of quietly returning to the moment with a long in breath. Quiet doesn't have to be loud. And on that long out breath, consciously softening the forehead. The eyebrows, the jaw, the shoulders. That long in-breath, reminding ourselves that actually now, this moment, we're surrounded by an ocean of vitality. We can breathe in any time we want. There's no meters. We're breathing a bit too much back there on row five. You can breathe in any time you want. Breathe out any time one wants. Remembering that actually, though cognitively we might imagine, oh, I'm separate. Nobody understands me, and everybody else has got Buddha nature but me. When we receive that in breath, it's vitality, especially with the blessing of being out here in the country. We're being powered by what we breathe in, and what we breathe out, the trees breathe in. What the trees breathe out, that life-giving oxygen we breathe in. Reminding ourselves, we're supported by the ground, surrounded by vitality, where we can savor in an all long in breath. Savor and relax in a long out breath here now. Then one can relax as one steadily and allow the short breath. Sometimes was described to us by our teachers as letting the attention naturally be with the body breathing where it's most comfortable. 
for some, like Ajahn Chah, enjoyed being with the breathing at the nostrils. Relaxed in being present, patient, receiving that sensation at the nostrils, the coolness of the air as we breathe in. Noticing on the out-breath, it's slightly warmed from being touched by our inner body. Steady as we breathe in. Steady as we breathe out. And to help us, if, if you wish, letting a phrase or a word be held lightly just to direct, not in a forceful way, but just a reminder like but to or peacefully breathing in, peacefully breathing out, holding it lightly, letting that word or phrase that we use one dissolve with each breath so that we get a feeling for it just being a pointer as we rest in that listening. As we stay with the breathing wherever we're most comfortable, the nostrils or the heart or the belly in the rise and fall. Just practicing steadily. Good. Toe the nature of undistorted awareness quickens. It blesses the vibratory energy flow. The nature of awareness is to put things into balance. We get pulled by thoughts and wanting to be somewhere else or worry We hear those sounds, practicing, letting them come and go. Just for now, practice not now. We'll come back to them. But we're giving, we're training and developing some agility where we don't have to engage every single thought. We can touch it lightly and let it be as if we were walking down the street, we have guests. We want to go get some milk so that we can make them tea. We acknowledge people on the street, but we weave between them as we make our way to the shop. We can greet them, smile, move on. So if voices and feelings come to pull us away, we First, at least, just practice letting be, not now. If they get more and more insistent, then that's all right. Then we can patiently hear those voices, those feeling tones of wanting and not wanting. But rather than getting so lost in the story, try to sense where it impacts the body. And breathe in and out, right there where we feel it pulling us. Relaxing. 
in this training. We notice the feeling tones in our body. Some parts are pleasant, some more difficult to be with, painful, some more neutral. As we stay with this present moment, breathing in and out, practicing, savoring, even if it's painful, practice receiving that quality and from moments, enjoying being with it just as it is. Breathing out, savoring. Breathing in, being at ease with, practicing being at ease with and content with this moment. Breathing out, practicing being content with in moments, just how it is. Patiently, breath after breath, attending to, welcoming, staying with the sensations of breathing in and out, wherever in the body we're most comfortable. Or if the body's too challenging for us right now, we can stay with sound, a wider awareness. The body will still be there, but we'll be giving it more space just to be itself. In and out. And from time to time, if you feel okay, following this encouragement by the Buddha to train ourselves to be sensitive to the whole body, from time to time, from our place of attending to what's called the short breath, as we just stay with the sensations in one spot. From time to time, widen the lens. Especially on that out breath. And notice the area around where we've been with the breathing. And the hands and feet allowing those sensations to mix and mingle with the rest of the body so that the body is bathing 
in awareness. It's a dance, because then somewhere that's very uncomfortable or constricted calls attention and we can then breathe in right to that area. Breathe out, relaxing, widening the lens of awareness. Allowing those sensations to mix, mingle and suffuse. As we cultivate skill with samadhi, it's a healing practice. If we feel too dispersed and overwhelmed by letting the awareness get too wide, then we just return to our short breath or just being with the breathing where we're most comfortable, still relaxed, steady, stabilized. Then from time to time checking and widening the lens so that the blessing of the practice can touch the rest of the body. Breathing in and out, noticing the sensation at the nostrils, however it is, patiently receiving that. The pulsing, the tingling, the coolness, the warmth. on and out breath and widening the awareness to include the face, the head. We still sense the sensation at the nostrils, but notice their connection to the rest of the face, chin, jaw, scalp. Breathing in and out savoring whatever the sensation is, patiently. Relaxing with each out-breath. Noticing the chest and shoulders as we breathe in 
in the neck and head and as we breathe out, relaxing. In and out, aware of the head, neck, shoulders. Letting the attention feel into the body. Being patient with the sensations. Breathing into any areas that are more constricted. Breathing out, relaxing. Including the hands, arms, shoulders, head as we breathe in and out. The functional breath is just in and out, but the vitality of the breath flows through the whole body. The subtle breath. Aware of the belly and lower back. As we breathe in and out, without judging the sensations, steadying the tension. Relaxing with those sensations. The pressure of the body being pulled by gravity, touching ground. Breathing in and out, aware of the base of the body touching the ground. Including the hands, legs, whole body. Is it possible for moments to be aware of the whole body, whatever the sensations are as we breathe in? And out, savoring, practicing, enjoying them as they are. With each out breath, practicing being at ease with the sensations, the sounds, the mood, knowing this is how it is now. honoring the reality of this moment. Returning, if you wish, to where one is most comfortable being with the breathing. And if it's helpful from time to time, just relaxing and expanding the awareness to make sure the blessing of this practice touches the whole body. Because then our samadhi, whatever capacity we cultivate, is more durable when it's our whole body.
being welcomed. We get pulled by thoughts of wanting something, wanting to be somewhere else, just noticing them, touching them lightly, letting them be, letting our phrase or word gently remind us that we're not really going anywhere. We're giving ourselves permission to be more deeply, fully here. nourishing, savoring this vitality as we breathe in and as we breathe out, calming. Each out-breath soothes, smooths the nervous system. It's like on the beach when there's been a lot of activity and traffic, all kind of footprints, tracks, maybe where people have driven around. 
but as the tide comes in and out. In and out. Slowly smoothing, equalizing all the prints and tracks and cuts so that it, even though there's a billion grains of sand, with the smoothing, refreshing of each wave coming in and out, the beach is smooth, unified, Having times where we allow our body to calm itself. The mind is steadied by being directed to the bodily sensation. The body is comforted and healed by being embraced by the mind. Body, mind, connected unify. Noticing how we are. If the mind is a little bit calm, just notice that, calm. If there's agitation, not to worry. The pattern is revealing itself to be blessed our teacher, since where we experience it in the body as we breathe in and practice receiving it, relaxing with it as we breathe out. The heart that's with agitation for a moment is not agitated. Agitation is a visitor, a pattern that is part of nature. 
can we notice it flickering and shifting even just a little? If there's calm, just noticing that as we breathe in and out. Noticing the sensations are changing, flickering, swelling of an in-breath, subsiding of an out-breath. All appearing and shifting and dissolving in this ground of awareness. body rooted, supported by the earth, rooted down into the ground, supported by the ground, the body towers into the heavens. Heaven and earth embraced and received with this awareness. Whatever the feeling, whether there's calm or all hell is breaking loose, this is how it is now. Deepening our trust, it's okay to be with the way things are. Moments of being patient with aversion, confusion, doubt, heaviness. These are not wasted moments. As the retreat goes on, we'll be exploring all these different dimensions, manifestations of mind. bowing into all of it in practicing being at ease with the sounds of the world. When we do that, we merge with the great Bodhisattva of compassion, Kuan Yin.
Are there any questions? Yes. The question is, could I say more about how continuous mindfulness leads to samadhi? It was something that was mentioned in the talks. I used to be quite uh, addicted to sitting and getting into a refined state and then... uh, life and then want to get back to that that refined state. But when we sit down, we bring all our life with us and the echoes and residue. So if in the other moments outside of sitting we're, we're being hijacked by restlessness to get there on on time and, and being in a hurry to get over this unimportant stuff back to the important stuff, and if we're, you know, not really with the body, we're sort of, you know, just lost in thought or... Then... And we want to snap into samadhi. We still have that tendency in a sense, operating in, in the heart. So when there's moments, don't even, we shouldn't undervalue even a moment, even if all craziness is in the heart. There's a moment of noticing craziness and the body's agitated. Just a moment of mindful recognizing the posture. I can hardly s- stand here. My first year in Thailand, walking meditation was torture. I just couldn't believe you'd sit there on the path and take a step and another step. I just wanted to scream. But, you know, even if the mind's saying, this is a waste of time, this, that, this, that, moments of just even bearing, withstanding that impression, that feeling, Somehow it accumulates, the best way I can say, there's moments, even if you lose it, moments again of noticing the feet touching the ground if we're walking. Moments of... So basically in mindfulness you're referring a bodily impression or a feeling or a mood to this ground of listening. So there's connection. Remembering, I love remembering, as opposed to dismembered. It's remembering. Reconnecting, and somehow, the the more moments there are, they they gather momentum. Then there's flow. And at a certain point, our samadhi we're not doing it; it's just flowing. We're holding it lightly. The vitaka vichara, the thought that brings us back, is a little effort. Sometimes we make a stronger effort to here I am. Then the vichara, the receiving, receives it and can adjust, noticing if we're making too much effort or too little. And so we patiently use that, those phrases, those words, to just remember and be very patient with moments, moments. 
And then especially these first few days, we're metabolizing all this stuff. We're, we're, it's important. We're, we're purifying. We're, we're, we're doing work for the whole world as we work with our restlessness and our desire and aversion. We're, we're like great trees metabolizing that into life-giving oxygen, into, into presence and serenity. And even when it's difficult, it's not a waste. It's not a, not a waste. So, um, and and I re- so my respect for the ordinary moments. I realize it, it was classically called wrong view. I just wanted, you know, the, the special sitting, and then I would just not notice anything outside it. Those moments outside then feed back into the what we experience when we pause and stop. Is that helpful? Okay. Could you say a little more about um, working with restlessness? <coughs> yeah, I mean, just to reassure one, like, uh, as one, when the Buddha reflects on how someone's, the question's about restlessness, uh, someone who's deepening in the path, uh, the, the, there's what's called stream entry, where one touches nibbana, one gets a feeling for true peace. It's always here, but we, we overlook it when we're busy getting somewhere or busy getting rid of something. But even someone who knows nibbana can still get knocked over by desire and aversion. They get swept away by this, swept away by that, but they can return return again to the moment and touch into peace. And as desire and aversion weakens, that uh, the Buddha called that once returning. Then someone who even doesn't really, is not really fooled by desire and aversion anymore, they are really pretty well rooted in peace. They're pretty unflappable. But they still get restless. There's still the sense of time and the sense of doing something. They'll see through it. So why I'm saying this is just we should be very kind and patient with this, 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 this drive to keep going, to, to move on. But to, rather than to hate it, and especially as the, and Tanisha will be opening this door further tonight as we reflect on some of these so-called hindrances, which we, we don't need to think, oh God, I'm hindered, I'm hindered. Once we notice them, they become teachers then. We're getting them in perspective. So that, the Buddha described it like windswept water. It's, you can't use it as a mirror so easily. It's, and we feel like that. But we can notice it, and, and that's why I was encouraging breathing in and sensing how it is in the nervous system. Relaxing with it and feeling it pulling us. And even moments a feeling that ghost of restlessness saying, come on, get going. You're just lagging here. You're behind. Look at them. They're really making progress over there. You're sitting here. Come on, come on. Even hearing that voice a little bit, the one that notices restlessness, it's not restless. When we, for that moment, restlessness becomes an, object, it's something that's flowing through the heart when we're totally 
deluded by it, we then become restlessness. That's me. The secret of these limitations of sitting and walking, of staying with and then facing that restlessness, it seems like me. Hey, I'm dying in here. But as we wait, it'll well up and maybe subside just a little and we, for a moment, realize, wow, it's changing. It's not actually me. It's something that's moving through the heart. So I I encourage you to breathe into it, relax with it, sense where it is, and then occasionally it's a bit too much. That's all right. And sometimes one senses, hey, I, I need to do something more vigorous just to help balance the energies. So that's why, you know, we can take a vigorous walk, but we can still be present, still stay with the body. But if every time restlessness comes, we feel like, you know, we have to be moved by it, it might feel like freedom. I'm free to do what I want. I'm not trapped like all you guys. <laughs> feels like freedom, but we're, we're a slave to whenever that impulse comes. So we're learning to have agility and get in perspective these things as we patiently are with, with our stillness practice. And then little by little as our discernment, our wisdom grows, we, we get the feeling of whether we should follow something or not. Does that give you something to work with? Okay. Mm. Very good question. The most profound question. And that question, all oh, the great, our Chinese master, Master Xunhua, he said that question will take one home. Uh, he, uh, the question is, how can I answer the question, who am I? Thank you for reminding me. And how can I know it's a true answer? And so I said, well, that's a very profound question. Now, all this work we're doing these first few days, we're strengthening our contemplative muscles. When we don't, like I noticed you this morning working with, with uh, restlessness, and you were hanging in there, you were staying with it, you were deepening your capacity not to be just thrown around by different things. So when, when that mind that's got more strength of actually staying with life as it is, when that mind then starts to look, gaze at conditions, sensations or feelings or thoughts, it will see their changing nature, their ungraspable nature. If we just ask the question, who am I, and we haven't really cultivated what I'm calling samadhi or presence, we're just thinking. We might think we're answering the question, but, well, I think I'm this, and I think I'm that. And, and, but by, so we will, as the retreat deepens now, these coming days, we will be balancing these calming practice with what's called vipassana, or insight. Tanisara will help carry us with that tonight. But we are going to be moving more and more into this territory that you're talking about this tendency to assume that, 
What do you mean, who am I? I'm this body. I'm this mood. I used to be a champion wrestler. Five-time, you're looking at five-time Mid-South champion. And I thought that was me. But then how long do you go around with your hand held up? (laughs) Don't you know who you're looking at? (laughs) And then when I got typhoid fever in Thailand, and then barely survived, and then for years after that, I was laid flat on the ground. I'm a basket case. (laughs) I'm a basket case. But as we contemplate, we begin to see that, yes, health and sickness and feeling good and feeling bad are, we say they're me, but actually it's just a way of talking, that actually these things are moving through the heart. And as we deepen in meditation, we begin to recognize that part of us that's not coming and not going. It's always bright. So... But your question is the profound one. And Ajahn Chah, our Thai master, would regularly say, Kong cry. He would say, who does this belong to? Rather than having to have an answer, in time we question and listen into the silence. And then our doubts get resolved. Thank you. So we'll leave it there for now. And... Uh, Have a great day. Practice. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.